Hello and welcome to the NFL Preview Show, powered by Odds Checker. I'm Tom Julian, this is Ben McClymont. And Ben, we have football back, meaningful football. And what a week it's been. It's been a great week, to be fair. Some upsets, some big scoring points, some super, like a lot of superstars out, especially after last year of injuries to those superstars. It's great to have it back. It's the, the, the hardest part of it all is discussing, uh, deciding what to discuss yeah. and what to leave out. So we're going to pick three big takeaways that we, that we thought was impossible to leave out. And then we're going to look ahead to uh, our pick six. Uh, six games that we fancy, a couple of odds in there. And uh, yeah, just a look ahead to week two. Yeah, let's, right go, yeah. Let's, let's kick it off. All right, so I'm going to start with the greatest of all time, Aaron Rodgers. Big shout. Not a big shout. Yeah, Aaron it is a Rodgers. massive shout, but we'll move on. We'll discuss that later <laughs> this season. Aaron Rodgers, he brought the Green Bay, back, the Green Bay Packers back from 20-0 down yeah. to 24-23. Green Bay get to a 1-0 start. It looked to be Khalil Mack's night, didn't it, Ben? It did early on. Khalil Mack was on fire. He had a strip sack, he had an interception, and the rest of the defence was stepping up as well. Roquan Smith, with his first play, I think, came straight through the middle and sacked Rodgers, or was it Kaiser? I think it was Kaiser, actually, when Kaiser. Rodgers got a little injury, so he had to go off for a bit. Kaiser came on and was an absolute mare. He threw an interception and got sacked a few times to us, but the, the Bears defence was looking awesome and then Aaron Rodgers decided to come back into the game and what happened? Oh, he just took over, didn't he? Did he? Aaron Rodgers he, so. he took over and it's, a, it's an amazing one because like you say, Aaron Rodgers got injured, he, he left with about 10 minutes left to go in the first half. The fans are thinking, is this guy out for the season? Yeah. Comes back into the third quarter uh, and his numbers speak for themselves. 17 for 23, 273 yards, three touchdowns to three different receivers, including uh, that huge 75-yard TD to uh, Randall Cobb, whom nobody thought was playing anymore. Like, he looked yeah. to be out of the league. Um, so it just shows what a magic man Aaron Rodgers really is. Yeah, I think that's right. And everyone panicked when Jordy Nelson went, but then, what's this, Randall Cobb with 142 yards and a touchdown. He's been injured for a bit, but Rodgers makes people better. Geronimo Allison, he's one of the younger receivers. He had a touchdown as well, 50 or 60 yards, I think. So Rodgers makes people better. That's the way it is. How do you feel for the Bears after that game? Obviously, a big Bears fan. So close and yet so far, but you can take a lot of positives out of this. Yeah, I think I went to bed. It was 10-0, and it was looking quite comfortable because Rodgers was out. Mm -hmm. And I was I can go to bed, rest easy, <laughs> work up in the morning. wasn't great. But I feel very, very positive. I'm not going to lie. Um, the defence looked great. The secondary looked okay as well, but the front seven looks fearsome. I think people are going to be very scared. And after watching the Lions play yesterday, I, I quite fancy that. I think the Vikings in the division are also very good. But then the positives on the offence as well are quite striking. Howard looks good. I think he's a really good running back. He's solid, but you've got Tariq Cohen with a bit of X Factor, especially in the receiving game. And then the receivers they've brought in, Alan Robinson looks like a number one receiver. Mm -hmm. There's a throw down the right side for about 30 yards from Trubisky. Just looped it over the cornerback and, Rod and Robinson made, went up and made a great number one receiver style catch. And I think that's going to make a big difference to Trubisky and the offense. So I'm, I'm all in. Well, they're on Monday Night Football, aren't they, against the Seahawks. So that's another test. But you think they can come out on top on that one? I do. I think this is two teams still, like the Seahawks are rebuilding as well. I think this is a big game for both teams. They're both 0-1. This could set the rest of the season. You go home too early and then you're kind of in no man's land. You get over back on the straight and narrow to 1-1 one and, one, and both these teams, I think, will feel like they could make a little playoff run. That's exciting times. What's your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway this week is Ryan Fitzmagic. 
He was so good. I honestly can't believe it. Our producer's going a bit nuts in the yeah. back there. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he was telling us about all the, the times they were downtrodden. And here they are. The, the number one talking point in the NFL. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is the number one talking point as well. That's madness, isn't it? So Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 48 points to 40 over the New Orleans Saints. This Saints defence that's supposed to be um, a bit of a weapon, the thing that's going to take them to the promised land, the Super Bowl. But the Saints are, are here 0-1. The Bucks are, are flying high. And, and what, what I loved about Fitzpatrick was his interview after the, uh, after the game was like, yeah, I know I can do that. We haven't seen it for three years, but he knew he yeah, could do it. He didn't do it very often three years ago, but still. No. But he came out with, what's this, 417 yards, four touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. And his rushing touchdown was like fullback-esque. He put his helmet down, like grabbed over from a couple of yards out and took, I think it was Williams with him, the, the safety. Mm. And he just looked like he was keen as mustard the whole game. He just fancied everything. And the way they did it as well, they blew the secondary apart. Mike Evans on one, like, went around the side of Lattimore, and he was like four, five, six steps, he was gone. Lattimore was treading water. Mm. And I think this is an issue that Saints have. There's a few stats which I, which I took away, and one of them was the fact that Fitzpatrick had 12 carries. He carried the ball 12 times, he only made 35, 36 yards, but the Saints did not keep him in the pocket any time. They didn't get a sack. There's no pressure on the quarterback, and if you can't press the quarterback, and all due respect is Fitzpatrick, there's other quarterbacks who can do other things outside sure. the pocket. You'd say better than Fitzpatrick. Well, Panthers in their division. Yeah. There's a, and if you get Cam Newton out of the pocket with 12 carries, he's going to be well over 100 yards. So yeah. I, that's a big issue for, for the Saints defence. And I think there's a lot on Davenport now. They gave up two first-round picks in essence, which is the same price as the Bears played for Matt, mm-hmm. effectively. And he didn't play a lot in this game. And I think there's so much pressure on him now. Like he has to come in and he, I think there's a lot riding on him to be a, a pass rusher that can support Cam Jordan to make to make the Saints good, mm. otherwise they're in trouble. Well, the Saints are one of those teams that, um, that started 0-2 last year. They're one of only nine teams, I think, that actually qualified for the playoffs after starting 0-2. They don't want to be in that position again, so there's a lot of pressure on those guys. I want to talk a little bit about Todd Munkin, the, uh, the Bucks' offensive coordinator, because last year, head coach Dirk Cotter was calling plays, and it just wasn't going right for, for any of the offense. I feel like there's a bit of humility there with, with Coach Carter, who's taken a step back. He's gone, look, I was rubbish at this. This yeah. isn't working. And Todd Munkin stepped in, and they look alive again. Yeah. Well, I think last year, from watching Hard Knocks, Dirk Cotter and Jameis Winston both hyped themselves up a little bit too much. You know, they put so much pressure on themselves, mm. and Cotter's knocked himself and Winston down a peg or two, and that seems to have levelled out the field a bit and now they know where they stand they've got great receivers they've got four or five really yeah. but they've got three players who can take the top of your defence mm. OJ Howard as well who looks pretty good Cameron Bray Humphreys on the slot they've got players who can work underneath the issue is the running game I think Peyton Barber 69 yards I think and I'm not sure if Ronald Jones is going to get a chance that could be a problem especially when they're leading you think I'll run the football waste like run the football a bit but they just couldn't they couldn't get first downs doing that really so that could be an issue for them, but that that offense is lethal when it gets going. Watch out for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Said I no never, one. I, I never thought I'd say <laughs> that. Absolutely balmy. And the last takeaway I want to talk about is going back to Thursday night football. It's our own Jay Ajayi, um, and it was great to see him because the first half we didn't see him at all. I think he carried it three times, totally uninvolved, and we're we're all looking and is it. Is it going to be the right fit for Jay Ajayi? You know, he, he left Miami under a bit of a cloud. There's, there's uh, talk about his, his, his character and 
Um, is he going to is he going to fit in into the Philadelphia system going forward? Comes out 15 carries in total, blitzes it in the second half, two touchdowns, only for 60 yards. But uh, Doug Peterson's come out and said he wants. Jay Ajayi to be the workhorse. And that's music to that guy's ears. That's what he is, isn't he? He is a workhorse. Last yeah. year he slotted in behind Blunt a bit. Corey Clement had a lot. And Wendell Smallwood had a few, quite a few carries as well. So I don't think people knew whether Ajayi would be the man. And now it looks like he will be. And they've got Sproles and Clement who can run at the backfield and do slightly different things. But with Ajayi being the workhorse again, that plays right into his hands. He runs hard and... He's going to need it. He doesn't always spot the gap, but once he gets through the gap, he's going to break half a tackle. I think this could be a big year for him. Yeah, I think it's really important how Pedersen coaches him um, because he is uh, a little bit injury prone. He needs to be managed and, and the Eagles are going to need him going into the end of the season and hopefully through the playoffs for, for Eagles fans again. So managing JHI is so important. He's also in a contract year and if I know JHI, which I don't, but <laughs> I know that he is he plays with a with a chip on his shoulder. He's already said that before. He didn't like how um, how low down he fell in the draft and he will be hoping for a big time contract next year, which just gives him more motivation to play hard. Yeah, definitely. And I think with the with the Eagles where they're at at the moment, with Jeffries being out as well, do they have another one receiver? They're going to rely on the running game a lot, I think. Especially if Carson Wentz comes back, the old RPOs, everyone's favourite terms, so they might start doing this and that will give a giant some space. And I think he's going to become a big part of that offence. Now, it's amazing that we've had three takeaways here, Ben. We haven't talked about the Jets putting up 48 points, which is ridiculous. Yep. Um, we haven't talked about the Browns and Steelers tying. No, that was, that was my, probably my favourite game from Saturday, actually, uh, from Sunday night. It just kept going on. And it just it was one of them that the Browns are going to lose, the Browns are going to lose. Steelers <laughs> miss a field goal, the Browns are going to win. They've intercepted the ball and they lost. They didn't, I, lose, they didn't win, they tied. It felt like they I was tied. watching it through my fingers. I was yeah. just like, please, somebody win this game. It was just painful for both sides and, and horrible weather conditions. But we did say we're not going to talk about it. But also, the Baltimore Ravens, 47-3 on the Buffalo Bills. Now, does that tell you that the Buffalo Bills are terrible? Or the Baltimore Ravens, are they a real team? Are they here to play? It's, it's a bit of both, I think. I think no one just thrashes, even though there's a terrible team, an average team doesn't just go out and produce an absolute mauling. The Ravens are a good team, I think. Yeah. Offensively, they look solid, their the line is good, but Joe Flacco looks really good. And they've got three receivers who are here to play. They're, all of them have come in, mm. they're on new contracts, a lot of them short-term contracts. You've got Willie Sneed in the slot, and then you've got John Brown, who we've talked about a bit before, coming good, and then Crabtree is your kind of red zone threat. And you've still got, well, they wanted Hayden Hurst, would have been nice if he was still fit, but the running game is a little bit of an issue because everyone thought Alex Collins was going to be the man. He fumbled, he touched down in the, in the first drive. Everyone thinks this is his year. Fumbled it on his second drive and then he kind of got pulled out of the game, really. And, um, Buck Allen came in and took most of the carries and it was a bit awkward, really. I don't know what their game plan is with the running game. That could cost them because I think that's with the defence the way it played, I think they want to rely on the running game a bit more. Yeah, well, they're the first ones up in week two. They're playing the Cincinnati Bengals. It's in Baltimore, uh, and this rivalry, Ben, split twenty-two all. Did Ooh, you know that? I didn't so know that, but this, I'm seeing this game similar. I, I think it's a bit of a coin toss. It, it very much is, according to the odds. It's one of these exciting ones. Uh, but we've got Bengals who have won uh, seven of the last nine matchups, so they are they are in in form. If you if you think about it in yeah. in that fashion, you're saying it's a coin flip game. Which way are you going? Bengals at home. I'm going for the Bengals. And who are you going? 
I'm going over the range. I know you are. <laughs> we like it. A bit of controversy. What makes you... What, is it just home advantage that makes you happy about the Bengals? Uh, a little bit. And I think the way they played in the first game, the defence has enough on it. It's got enough pass rush to cause some issues. Secondary looks okay. They're nice. In, they had a pick six in the last game. But the offence is good. I think AJ Green looks good. John Ross could be used a bit more. But Joe Mixon looks like a real like, three-down back. And teams with three-down backs generally do, do well. Especially a good three-down back. Apart from Cardinals. Yeah, AJ Green is eleven to ten uh, to score any time, which is which is pretty pretty. He was targeted nice a lot in the last game. He dropped one in the end zone. Yeah, I, I like that. Also. Yeah, and Joe Mixon as well. I think it's a ten to eleven, so he's he's the favourite to yeah, to score any time. But but Joe Mixon looks absolutely lively with either carrying or uh, or catching. So yeah. he's, he's dangerous. He's going to be fun. Perfect for Dalton, and he's getting on a little bit. Struggling off a few down years, someone who can just throw the ball to down the backfield. Now you mentioned his name earlier, John Brown, the wide receiver for the Ravens. He's, I feel like he's a darling of mine. I carry him around on my fantasy team wherever I go, and the last two years he hasn't paid off at all. A, a few years ago he was really good for the Cardinals, and he's stayed on there since. He's back on there this year. He scored a touchdown in week one, and he's 13 to five to score any time as well. So I like John Brown, and the Ravens are using him in the right way. Like you said, they've got a, a trio of running out uh, of wide receivers who, uh, it feels a bit like a, a kind of ragtag bunch, yeah. uh, but they're coming together and they're coming good. Joe Flacco looks good, and uh, yeah, the Ravens are an exciting team. I hope they get Lamar Millen, uh, not Lamar, Lamar Jackson on the field as well a bit, which is very exciting. It had four or five players, I think. Yeah. Threw one, ran one. It's just exciting. I think the Ravens are actually exciting, which I didn't think I'd say. Yeah. All right, so those were our takeaways, and now we're going to pick six games. Did you see what I did there? Buddy? I did see we did that, yeah. Very, very clever. We're going to pick our six favourite games from week two. Uh, we're going to preview them a little bit, talk a few odds, and uh, yeah, see what we're thinking about these ones. And what better place to start than Thursday night football, the Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. It's on Sky Sports Action at 1.20am on Friday morning, if you can work it out in the UK. Yeah. This is a real close matchup, Ben. Yeah, I think it is. With two, a divisional matchup, two teams who think they can overtake the Steers, two good defences, one great defence and one defence which I think is a little bit underrated. I don't think there's going to be many points in this. No? Personally, no. I'm, I've seen the line, but under 41, I think 27 to 20. I quite, I like those odds. I, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of action in terms of end zone action. I think there's going to be a lot of brutal hits, a lot of running the football. Someone like Joe Mixon might have a big game as well. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's a traditionally very close game. They're 22 apiece in historic terms. Uh, Bengals have won the seven of the last nine as well. And I don't know if you remember last year, it was heartbreak uh, for the Ravens. Um, when Andy Dalton's fourth and long, he threw it, Tyler Boyd catches it, the Bills go to the playoffs, yeah, the, the Baltimores Bills. go home, the Baltimores, the Ravens <laughs> go home, um, and, and they miss out on the playoffs. It's, it, so there's a little bit of a revenge yeah. angle here as well. I think there's a, there's a lot to play for. You're fancying the Bengals here. I'm you? fancying the Bengals at home, yeah, 10 to 11 to win outright. I, I think that's a good bet. I, they won their first game, they look good. Their offense looks pretty fearsome, to be, to be honest, with AJ Green, John Ross got a bit of pace, and Joe Mixon are good. So maybe Tyler Eifert could, could really step up as well and be the tight end he was. I've got, I like the Bengals to win. I fancy the Ravens. I, I really am getting involved in the Ravens and, uh, and their, their playoff aspirations. I'm buying in. You're on buying that. in? Yeah, I don't think they're going to go 
long long into the playoffs but I think they're going to be there or thereabouts and we talked a little bit earlier about their kind of their ragtag bunch of wide receivers didn't we and John Brown is, is a guy that I just carry around on my fantasy team wherever I go and uh, <laughs> he scored a touchdown at the weekend he's 13 to 5 to score another touchdown anytime against the Bengals so that's uh, one to watch I, I quite fancy John Brown to have a bit of a renaissance this year yeah well, I can't disagree with you I think they've got three even like uh, well-paired receivers, so they all they match up well. They all do different things, and oh, John Brown to score touchdown is a terrible bet. Having said that, you look at AJ Green at ten to uh, eleven to ten, and uh, to score any time, and that's that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. AJ Green is such a great player, especially we... in the red zone. They, Andy Dalton loves him in the end zone, even from like 40, 30 yards out. He'll take a shot at him, so that's great odds. So you're taking the Cincinnati Bengals at uh, ten to eleven, right? Yeah. I am taking the Baltimore Ravens at 15 to 16. Um, so, I mean, it's a right shootout between me and you, isn't it? It is. We'll see who wins. <laughs> no pressure. We might not do this next weekend if we've fallen out over the, <laughs> over the Bengals and the Ravens. Uh, all right, the next game I want to talk about, Ben, if it's okay with you, okay. is uh, the 6 p.m. game between the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. Now, to me, I'm surprised that the um, Sky Sports haven't taken this one, but I am I'm delighted. It's going to be on Game Pass if you want to watch it. Two teams that really bared their teeth in Week One and have showed their uh, their Super Bowl credentials already. Yeah, I think they have, and I think this division is one of the divisions to watch. And these two teams are primarily why. I think this could be a shootout. I think, especially if the Vikings get off to a hot start at the Packers, then Rogers comes back and it becomes a little cousins Rogers. Barnstormer, as you like to say, something like Barnburner. Barnburner. Yeah. Barnburner. I saw over 50 points at 6 to 4, and I like that. I think the Packers are going to win, but I think the Vikings are going to hang with them. I think it's been one of those games where Aaron Rodgers is on it, and, and the Vikings are quite just trailing the whole way, but they hang on and it becomes a tight game. What about these two great defences, though? You're talking about one great defence. Wow, I think that's unfair on the Packers. I think they're great. Maybe not great, but good. Okay. Above average. Above they, average. That, do you think? Yeah. Oh, I think the I think Green Bay definitely have enough to uh, to show to show Minnesota a hard time. I'm not sure yeah. about their pass rush, really. I, I think Clay Matthews is is old now. Mike Daniels is a good player, but I I worry for them get into Kirk Cousins. I still feel like Clay Matthews got something in the tank. Um, Kirk Cousins is such a good quarterback and now he's got weapons around him as well. So to me it feels a bit like the, the Vikings are a complete team. Yeah. They, they, they added the one thing that they really missed. Case Keenum had a good season last year but actually the, the Kirk Cousins is that step up. They've got Thielen, they've got Diggs, uh, they've got exciting uh, tight ends as well and, and the defence to match. But I think, I think Green Bay are going to put them under an awful lot of pressure. I think it's going to be a fun one. It's obviously in Green Bay as yeah. well. That's a, a really hard place to go. Great atmosphere. So I, I really think this is going to be a classic game. I do as well. I've slagged off the Packers defence, but I'm going to pick them to win. Are you? Yeah, I've got them uh, on the spread, minus three and a half, six to four. I just think it's going to be a big scoring game, but Rodgers will come through, but he won't be halfway through. You've taken my stat there. I was going to go for that six to four. Oh, okay. we well, yeah, that's good. We <laughs> um, I am excited to, to watch that game, but if you're a Sky Sports subscriber, then you are watching the Chiefs at the Steelers, which, to be fair, we've talked about, well, I've talked about how this could be a defeat, de decent defensive matchup. The Chiefs and the Steelers. There's no defence there. It's all going to be offence. It's going to be real exciting stuff. And 
Oh, that's going to be, a, I think, a huge scoring game. Yeah, I think it will too, especially after what we saw from Patrick Mahomes in the first week, his connection with Tyreek Hill in particular. I can't see anything other than loads of points in this. I don't see either defence being able to stop the other offence, and I think it's just going to be points, points, points. Yeah, you talked about Tyreek Hill. I mean, that he, he set the tone, didn't he, with his 91-yard pump return, two minutes in, uh, adding 169 yards on top of that, yeah. including another 58-yarder uh, touchdown. They just can't stop cheetah speed, and I don't see how the Steelers are going to handle him. No, especially with Andy Reid's schemes as well. He... You don't get Tyreek Hill just running a go route every time. He's doing he slants, he's catching the ball out of the backfield, he's doing end arounds. He does so many ways you can get him the ball and Andy Reid gets him the ball. It's hard not to see him scoring and it's hard not to see Patrick Mahomes scoring points as well. I've over twenty eight and a half points at nine to four. It's a lot to go to the Steelers and, and score that many points, it's gonna be hard, but I think they're gonna do it. Well in week one, Pittsburgh Tied, which is really annoying, 21 all with Cleveland Browns, the, the still winless yeah. Cleveland Browns. Um, and, and Ben Roethlisberger, he threw 335 yards, fair play, also threw three interceptions. Yeah. They, they lost the turnover about 5-1, to one, I believe, and, and really struggled. The, the Chiefs aren't known for their, for their amazing defence, but they can hang with anybody. And I just worry a little bit for Pittsburgh in terms of if they get behind, they, they might fall a little bit behind. Yeah. Some people have been talking about the Steelers as, as the team that are going to fall from grace a little bit. And I, I think they could be right in here. And having said all that, <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers are still favourites in this one. And you can pick up the Kansas City Chiefs at 12-5 to 5, uh, to win, which I just think is incredible value. You've taken that. You see, you see, this is the new Roethlisberger now. It's going to be loads of yards, touchdowns, but he's going to throw in a lot of interceptions. I think there's going to be mistakes there. And against a team like the Chiefs, who have been so uh, prolific on turnovers in the past, I, I just think it's a dangerous matchup. And 12 to 5 seems very generous. Yeah, that's fair. I still think the Steelers are going to win at home. Do you? Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, we disagree <laughs> again. We're going to have to write all these down and. Uh, <laughs> And at the end of the end of the week, we'll see that I'm on top. Okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> Always good to hear. Uh, what other games do we want to talk about? What about the uh, Carolina Panthers yeah. at the Atlanta Falcons, an NFC South matchup? And I really feel like the Bucks have just made the the uh, NFC South totally interesting because they've just thrown a curve. It was interesting anyway. I think this is a sneaky good game. I think this is the game of the week almost. Early on in the season, these two both think they're playoff teams. The Falcons struggled first week. The Panthers look solid but not spectacular. This is a big, this is a big divisional game. And I don't know, I think Panthers, I think they're going to go into, the, into Atlanta and win. Two to one, you can get them. That's quite a long odds for the, for the Panthers who... I think this could be their year. I think a lot rides on Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey? McCaffrey. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot rides on Christian McCaffrey to, to run between the tackles. Maybe CJ Anderson will start doing a bit more of that as well. But their defence is good. Luke, if Luke Keekley's fit, they've got a great defence. That's kind of how it works. Yeah, so Keekley had a hyper-extended knee uh, in week one, but is expected to be fine by Sunday from all reports. So that's good. I see this as a, as a bit of a fight out. Matt Ryan didn't put the numbers up like I kind of hoped he would. That's why I put him in my fantasy team. Didn't deliver. Who did you drop? Tell us who you dropped first. I dropped Aaron Rodgers for Matt Ryan. Yes. One, one more matchup though, didn't I? One and that. Yeah. You could have won it comfortably. Could have done it. Anyway, uh, Matt Ryan 
it doesn't seem, seem to be fitting in Steve Sarkeesian's offence. And I'm not totally sure why Calvin Ridley got absolutely zero points on uh, yeah. NFL Fantasy. I don't know how I won Fantasy, by the no, way. I, I don't know how you went anyway. All over the place. Um, Julio Jones kind of bailed them out of a hole, but not enough to, to carry this team to a week one win. So I kind of see this one as a sneaky, low-scoring game. I've got them down uh, at under 44 points at 10 to 11. I think it's a great shout. I don't see the Panthers ripping through the Falcons either. Yeah. I think the, the Panthers, everything runs through Cam, and Cam will score points by himself and using others. But he's not the most accurate throw. I don't see him ripping it apart. I think two good defences. Falcons have got a good young defence. There's a lot of people like Tat McKinney to get to mm-hmm. uh, Newton, keep him in the pocket and stop him, stop him rushing. But I think, I think it's a good shout. I think it will be quite a low scoring. All right, let's move into the 9 p.m. games, Ben. And this one is a lovely little matchup. A return of the AFC Championship game. The New England Patriots at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Big game. And I it think the big, big thing is at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that's what's going to make the difference in this game. What, because they've got a swimming pool and people can watch from the Jaguars? Yeah, that's the key thing. <laughs> I just think the Jaguars at home... I, if you're a Jaguars fan, you've got to fancy this game. You've, they're going to come out in force, they're going to be loud. The Patriots are coming to you and you've got a real good chance of beating them, showing them who's the new boss. Counterpoint. Okay. It's the Patriots. It is the Patriots. They are so annoying. Having said <laughs> that, in, uh, in this matchup last time, obviously the Patriots champion 24-20, but... Rob Gronkowski was held uh, to seven... Uh, he was, it was shut down. I think it was 20 yards, less than 20 yards he got against the Jags. I mean, week one, seven receptions, 123 yards. Yeah. He looks like a different beast. But to me, the, the Patriots aren't quite there yet. They haven't worked out exactly what their new offence is. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, people left. Dion Lewis left, Danny Amendola, obviously. Um, there's, there's a lot of change in New England. Rob Gronkowski stays the same, obviously, but if you can shut him down and the Jags have the secondary to do that, then this game is, is right for the picking. Yeah, because then you're relying on Philip Dorsett and people, I don't think people are that high on Dorsett and I think someone like Jalen Ramsey, well, unless he shuts down Gronk, then he's going to fancy a chance against Dorsett. So I think the secondary are going to be licking the lips at the prospect of playing the receivers of the Patriots, but obviously I think they will be panicking about playing Tom Brady himself. So the Patriots won 27-20 against the Houston Texans in week one. There were a few mistakes in there. So New England aren't looking perfect. It's a good time to try and play them. Having said that, the Jacksonville Jaguars beat uh, the New York Giants 2015 as well, and they didn't look perfect either. The defence still looks monstrous. Um, it's Miles Jack returned yeah. uh, an interception for a touchdown as well. So the defence is so, so strong, and yet they still can't move the ball on offence. And with Leonard Fournette looking day-to-day, they're not totally sure whether the running back will be back or not. You know, that's a massive factor. That's, and that's the game, isn't it? That's really going to change uh, how, how betters think about this one, as well as fans. But I think if Fournette is there, I really like the Jags at home. I'm, I love a little half-time full-time. Of course you do. I'm going, Jags half-time, Jags full-time. Ooh. You get that two-to-one. Nice. I think the Jags are going to just They're going to blitz them. If you're so confident, right... And this is a this is a really a defining game. I know it's only week two, but if yeah. you can beat the Patriots, set your stall out, Jags all the way to the Super Bowl to win it all, eighteen to one. Do you think that's fair? If you get on it early, yeah, I think that could be good. Because if one like, if if they beat the Patriots, that's going to plummet. Yeah, 
Absolutely, it is. So get in now. I don't think this is going to be a huge scoring. No, one. I don't either. Um, we've got uh, under 44 points at 11 to 10. I think that looks about right for this one. I mean, watch it now and the, the, the oh, score blows up. Yeah. But um, if, especially if Fournette's out, this to me could be a bit of a defensive battle. And I, for one, as a Jags fan, are hoping that it does become like that because then the Jags are definitely on top. Yeah, that's going to be the Jaguars' game plan, isn't it? Keep it tight. Don't let any big plays from Tom Brady and Gronkowski and then hope they'll hope they're okay. So if you fancy the Patriots, the, they are a slight favourite in this one, four to five. But if you're like Ben and you want to back the Jacksonville Jaguars, go with them at 21 to 20. Let's take it, Ben, into the final game of Sunday night. Sunday night football, the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. What a traditional game this is, but in recent times actually hasn't really lived up to the billing. I don't see it as a big, exciting matchup. They're two massive teams, but neither of them are quite firing yet. The one plus point is Odell Beckham in the first game, who was electric. So, a lot of guys like Manning to find him, and Evan Ingram, and they've got some great players, and obviously Barkley as well. But watching Beckham is a treat, and I kind of forgot last year when he wasn't there how funny he is to watch. He's everywhere, yeah. and he's making catches. He doesn't drop anything. I like watching Beckham, so that's a little silver lining for me. Yeah, well, you've got two amazing talents in this one. You've got Beckham on the one side and Ezekiel Elliott yeah. on the other. Elliott didn't quite uh, get off to the flyer that I hoped he would uh, last week. I think I had him score any time. Oh, no, I had him score first touchdown. He didn't yeah. make it. He did get the touchdown in the end, but not quite enough. And uh, with the Giants as well, you've got a running back who's hoping to make the same impact that Ezekiel Elliott did in his rookie year, Saquon Barkley, who ripped off a 68-yard run against the Jags. Not easy to do against no. that defence. Kept very quiet in the rest of that game, Ben, but Barkley already shows that he's got that bit of an X factor. And I kind of feel like Pat Sherman's got so many weapons around him. You know, you've got Beckham, who's a game changer. Saquon Barkley, who's shown that he could be a game changer. Evan Ingram, who looks like he could be quite an exciting tight end. Yeah. You know, um, you've got these... You're starting to build a roster of quality offensive weapons. Their offensive line sucks, um, <laughs> and Eli Manning overthrew Beckham a couple of times. It could have been a completely different game. But... If Eli Manning can get back on the same page with Beckham, can use Barkley, and, and Barkley will rip holes in this Dallas defence, I, I don't see why the Giants can't go to Dallas and win. Ooh. Yeah? I fancy them. I fancy them. They're 6-4 to four to win. Nice. And uh, I, I think that's, that's very generous, to be honest. Dallas are three-point favourites, but they didn't show much they showed nothing against the Carolina. Game, they? They, did, they, had, they had... I can't remember the stat, but they had about 30 yards in the first half. Like, Dak Prescott could not move the ball. Elliot couldn't rush the ball first half. He ended up 69 yards, I think, but it's not a lot for Ezekiel Elliott who's going to be fed the ball play after play. Well, I thought it was interesting. I listened to Deion Sanders on NFL uh, on the NFL uh, Network, and he was saying how they, uh, Scott Linehan, the offensive coordinator for Dallas, is trying to change this team from Ezekiel Elliott's team to um, Dak Prescott's team. So he's throwing the ball more, whereas... That's not the way they should be playing. They should be feeding Ezekiel yeah. Elliott every time. I know you've got to have a, um, a diversification of the talent and you've got to have trick plays and, and show that you can do different things. But give Elliott the ball yeah. and let him go to work. They don't have a good offensive line either, so they're protecting Elliott a little bit. But they really need to, to sort that one out. Yeah, I think that's the issue. I think they're worried about their offensive line and Elliott not getting the holes. But then that equally so puts that Prescott in trouble. If, exactly. if they can't protect that Prescott... You can't protect your running back or your quarterback, then you're in trouble. I'm not seeing a lot of points in this. I've got uh, under 42.5 at 10 to 11. 
I think that's, that's looking like a good bet to me. Do you want an interesting fact here? Ooh. Since 2007, there have been 92 teams who have started the season's 0-2, and, and only 10 of them have made the playoffs, and that includes last year's New Orleans Saints. So neither of this team, neither of these teams will want to will want to lose these ones and go to an 0-2 start. No. Dangerous, isn't it? Especially in the division. They don't lose to a, division, a divisional uh, rival early. That puts you really on the back foot. So who are you picking for this one, then? For this one... I I think the Cowboys are home still. You're going to go Cowboys? I like backing teams at home early in the season. All right, if you want to back Ben and back the Cowboys, you can get uh, Dallas at 7-10. to 10. As I say, 6-4 to four for the Giants. I'm feeling good about that one. I'm feeling so good about that one. I'm going to put it in our NFL preview accumulator. Ooh. More of a treble than an accumulator. Each week, Tom, Ben and producer Tom are also going to pick uh, one game each. It's just just win, is that right? Is that just to win, just to win outright, yeah. Uh, and and we're going to put them together, see what happens, um, and and yeah, we'll see how wrong we are at the end of it. So the Giants are going to be mine at six to four. Mm. Ben, who are you having? Ah, uh, we talked earlier about the Panthers, and I'm going for the Panthers at the Falcons, another away team, which could be a bit dangerous. But at two to one, I think they've got a really good chance. Nice, nice. And what have you got for uh, for producer, producer Tom? Tom. Producer Tom is a Bucks fan, and he is riding high on the Bucks. So he's got Bucks at eleven to eight to win at home against the Eagles. Against the Super Bowl reigning champion. The Super Eagles. Bowl champion Eagles, yes. But if the Bucks can rip off that that passing offense again, then who knows? That's a, that's a nice little treble. That. That's a nice little treble. That's a good odds there. Yeah. So we'll watch that one eagerly. I I hope it doesn't come down to my game though, because it's the last game, isn't it? There's a lot oh. of pressure on that. I like that. I hope it really does come down to that. We shall see. So there's a lot of odds there to chew over, Ben. Um, I'm excited for week two. Some great games this week. I'm really looking forward to these ones. I feel like we're going to say that every week. We've got to try and not say okay. there's great games every week. Because there is. That, no, don't say that either. There's just, uh, it's just excitement in the NFL week after week, and that's why we love this game. It is. We'll stay up late again. We're in our Monday mornings, but it's worth it. Absolutely worth it. Thank you so much for watching. If you've enjoyed this content, make sure you like and subscribe to Odds Checker on YouTube. We're at Odds Checker on Twitter. I'm Tom Julian. This is Ben McClymon. Thank you so much for joining us, and good luck. Thank you.